listening to Free Beers and a Movie. Nice. Hello and welcome to episode 40 of Three Beers and a Movie. I am Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Just do with tonight, Colin? It's just a wee a romantic duel. It's intimate tonight. It's, yeah, everyone has abandoned us or they've decided this shit's not for them anymore. They've went, yeah, fuck, he's doing themselves. You just can talk shit. It's like Batman and Robin. Yeah. yeah that's Ultimately, welcome back to me and you. Um, yeah. Everyone else has decided to leave us yeah. alone. Um, am I going to get the Raven? Quite a busy Raven tonight. It is quite a thrill. There's, there's some event on, some sporting event maybe. Or because Glasgow's on fire right or now. Or because Glasgow's burning. Glasgow's literally on fire right now. Glasgow, there was a, a night club has been bumped down and they've cordoned off. But huge parts of the city have been yeah, cordoned off with all the eateries and stuff like that, aren't they? Yeah, maybe South Bertie keep on the road, maybe that's yeah. well, the whole Sucky Hall Street is shut down apparently, so anybody wants to eat on Sucky Hall Street yes, can't yeah. eat on Sucky Hall Street, yeah. yeah. So the whole, whole city is on fire. The city is on fire, but you know what? <laughs> carry on regardless, we, carry on, yeah. we will not let you down. People we'll literally, the fire is literally about 200 feet away from us right now, Colin. We're talking to you. We're still it's doing this. because we care that much. What are you drinking tonight, Colin? I'm drinking Corona. Corona, okay. From Mexico. From Mexico. Is it actually made in Mexico? It is. We've had this before, haven't we? It's imported from It's not, I'm checking it's not brewed somewhere else. Some that are brewed and some that are imported. No, this one is imported and sold, so yes, it is from Mexico. This is made by some desperado. This is made by children, basically. On donkeys. On donkeys, yeah. I am drinking something called Mango Unchained. From Shindigger, who are a Manchester brewery. And it's nice. It's got a nice mango sousong. To it, I believe. Mango, yeah. Um, yeah. It's not. I think. See, whenever you see something on like, a, on like an IPA board and it says like strawberry or like banana or something like that, ultimately we can walk Barry for saying it a couple weeks ago. Like beer tastes like beer, and for yeah. the most part that is utterly correct. Most beers do right. taste pretty yeah. much the same. Yeah. Some can taste a lot more crisp, a lot more refreshing, but ultimately they all taste roughly the same. But you do get a, the ones that are infused with this. It's just it's a slight twinge to it. It's nothing. It's just a wee twist on the nose. Uh, it's not. You're not drinking like a mango drink or anything. You know, um, is it? Has it got a lingering aftertaste? A wee bit, yeah. I think that's what I think that's what it's a wee twist to it, but it's also got a wee more of a linger to it. Yeah, yeah. it says. Who brews it? It's bank, a, company, a company called Shindigger. Shindigger. They're from Manchester. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's nice. I, I really that, like it. That's really good. They've got what Shindler, which it sounds like, and, and Django Unchained. Well, Shindler, not as Shin, as in Shin, know, as in your I'm just, like. You know, for the hard of hearing, I'm just. <laughs> you think they're a racist company? Let's not say that about who we never. I would like that. free stuff from them, so let's say they're a nice company. <laughs> And they're not anyway. Oh no, sure they're lovely people. Yeah. Um, just didn't make Well, Django Unchained. Django Unchained, a lot is about racism, obviously, in American slavery. I think it's empowering because he kicks the ass of everybody in this. Yeah, so. Yeah, so in fairness, he's, he he's a hero of the story. Yeah, he is the hero of the story. Yeah. You know, if they called it, you know, maybe 12 years of mango. We might be more of an issue, maybe more of an issue at that point, you know. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> mango. Yeah, busy beer. Yeah, there's a bit more of it. But no, I'm yeah. all for mango on chain, and I like it. I'm actually quite enjoying it. Yeah. Um, this is my, I think, second one so far. So yeah. Oh, second mango. Second mango. I've oh. one before you come in. This is your five a day as well. I think yeah, yeah much like your life. Yeah. yeah, I've got a line on my corner yeah. that says both healthy bastards today as well. Yeah. Um, so on to movies, Colin. What have you watched this week? Anything of interest at home? Um, at home, I, I actually don't think I've watched anything. I've got, no, actually, I did, sorry. Um, I watched, I, you've seen it already, I watched Itonia. Okay, um, at home? Lorraine, no, 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 not at home. We do not condone downloading. No, I didn't download it. Um, it was a private screening. Private screening? Because you yeah. know Margot Robbie all of a sudden. <laughs> Okay, what do you think about it? <laughs> <Don't you? coughs> it was quite light. I mean, it didn't give you a whole lot other than what all you happened anyway. Yeah. Um, the mum was Oscar Lovett. 
she was standout. She was probably standout. She, she, yeah, she, she was, was amazing. Yeah. Um, Margot Robbie never really convinced when she was playing Timmy as a kid, fifteen. Uh huh. I didn't buy it. I was like, no, you know, it wasn't until she was playing like the kind of twenty-three. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Because Margot Robbie, as much as she's cute and lovable, and she's not fifteen years old. Yeah, yeah she's no, not, I, I, I kind of never ever bought that. Yeah. Um, I didn't realise that was Sebastian Stan for ages. I agree. Really. Yeah, he's so pointing. I'm like, what is it? And she's like, it's Sebastian fucking Stan. Yeah. He's a bit chameleon-like in the film, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, but Kenny, yes, I didn't realise it was Bucky until I'm a nerd. You should should recognise that one, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was quite kind of fucking right. And again, I don't think he told us anything that no one ever knew anyway. Um, You know, kind of played quite safe. Yeah. um, And and stuff like that. But also, do not think there's a problem with treating her like an anti-hero? Because ultimately, she's not an anti-hero. She is quite. I would say she's she's, de- she's definitely not the hero of the story. No, she, she's, she's not. not. She's, she, no hero's not against her. Nancy Kerrigan. She's a hero in the story because she's. Is she? Well, she only thing she did was be in the wrong place. Would be good at a sport. I don't think she makes her a hero, but she just. No, but if there's any sort of positive of that story, it's like she, that she got her knee broken but still came back and won silver. But then they try to get her that she's shitty because she wasn't happy with silver. Yeah. You know, it's like well, people people aren't happy with silver because she wanted gold, and she, maybe she that's, thought that's what makes her win. That's what makes her win, and also maybe she didn't win gold because you fucked her kneecap. What I did do um, was at, at the end it kind of shows you a wee clip of Tonya doing her own routines uh-huh. like that. and I kind of had a wee kind of look at YouTube and stuff like that and she really was jogged up to ice skate, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, sure, she, yeah. I mean, she had no real grace about her or... or she kind of that one thing she could do, no one else could do, and that was a big, that was a big she thing. Quite kind of clumsy, nice and stuff like that, and you could see why. I, I guess they're the weak cunts, which, which uh-huh. I'm always against. And you could see why she never got the, the, the kind of kudos from Rachel Jervis. Yeah. Because you know you, you don't look fucking fantastic, and you've got all the grace of a hand in the blade. Yeah, exactly. Something. Yeah, yeah. But you know she, she could skate. Yeah. And I guess that's a shame. And I, I kind of guess, going from a empty point of view, mm. I kept kind of thinking, you know, how must it have felt being at one point, you know, like this kind of world-class skater getting reduced down to, to basic fucking nothing, yeah, yeah, yeah. to being a, a fucking divorced, fucking ex-washed up has been, and that's horrible, man. Yeah, but I think that's, that's, that's the nature of sport, though, isn't it? Particularly yeah, yeah. back then, maybe not so much now, because now there are certain sports where you can still make a lot of money and survive forever without, you know, on yeah. that sport. But for the majority of sportsmen, that is uh, that is life. You'll be good at something that people find to be privileged. So maybe from maybe maybe 20 years of your life, if you're lucky. Yeah. Then after that, you've got to try and live a life after that yeah. of, of doing something. Which you know. She wasn't Obviously, but wasn't built to do. To do you know, know. She, she could skate, and that was pretty much it. That that was it. I didn't really touch on. It did kind of boxing thing was interesting. Me McFault on this actually said that's an interesting point. Didn't really afterlife. I mean, she at one point she was sort of almost like, not quite the original sex tape, but she had like a like a massive that's sex right. tape out at one point as well. No mention. No I mean, obviously she maybe didn't want to mention it. Maybe she didn't want that put in the film. But when she had a storied life after, yeah. her, almost like I felt that film should have started with the leg break. Doing a retrospective. Maybe, oh, of, of what? Keeping, yeah. yeah, maybe see where she was twenty years after the the the, um, the incident. Yeah. And how that's you know maybe have a wee bit of a start about her growing up. Yeah. Then about the I think and then but most of the majority of her like to be that pariah in society because she is like some people yeah. didn't treat did treat her as like the ultimate sort of bad sportsman and the ultimate pariah yeah, you know? so yeah. that, I think that would be a far more interesting story mm-hmm. um, to look at but then what do you, what do you give it a 10 just out of interest um, I thought I'd give it a 6.5 6.5 I mean, it, it was watchable and you know it did make me kind of want to go and learn a wee bit more yeah. for that but 
I'm the same. I can give it seven. I really liked um, Alison Yanni in it. She was, yeah. And I liked um, the big fat mate. He was funny. He was really funny. He was really, really yeah. Especially at the end. At the end, yeah, yeah. He, he so funny. I thought he was really enjoyable in it, and the, those two people in it sort of made the song for me. Because six and a half. Six, maybe I can have four, seven. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that, that's only that's only watch. Yeah, yeah. Mine has also been quite sparse at home because it's now getting to playoff season in hockey, so my life is taken up by hockey. Um, what I did, what I watched a documentary called Jane, all about Jane Goodall, who is a British woman who went and looked at monkeys and one of the first people who looked at monkeys and primates in the wild. Um, this is back in the 70s, and she basically she had no degree in like animals or zoology or anything like that, but she was picked to do this because they wanted someone who's sort of essentially an outsider to be able to view things in a kind of analytical way. Yeah, I, really, I, I might have been, I might have been at Oxford University, right. but I'm not entirely sure. Um, she did she did come from some sort of privilege, I think. She, yeah. she basically she's not, but I think she did come from some sort of privilege. Yeah. Um, I spent the whole time watching it going, oh, this is really sad because she dies at the end of this. And I was mixing her up with um, Diane Fossey, yeah. I'm like, oh, there's, there's literally two fucking women in the world who look at monkeys and I get them mixed up. You know, it's like... <laughs> so... She basically got quite a reputation in this, I think it's the 60s or 70s, when she was basically she's a very attractive woman. And she had like, sort of like the Jane of the Jungle, sort of like that's why she was given more press because she looked good in a, she said herself, I look good in a pair of shorts and I used that to my advantage to make sure I got funding and all that kind of stuff. But it explores her being in the, the, the jungle with the monkeys and uh, um, also a relationship with her photographer, her husband, and then trying to raise a child in that environment as well. Wow. They've got a kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the kids, and basically she makes a decision, part of the documentary, of like trying to say, do I want to go back home and be with my kid and all that, is he is proper schooling and isn't living in the jungle, or do I stay here with the monkeys and deal with And he goes back to school and gets raised by like sort of like grandparents and aunties and uncles, and I go and visit my mum on, on the holidays. And ultimately she comes to the decision of, fuck the kid, I'm staying with the monkeys. monkeys. So what, what was she doing with the monkeys? She was basically just but watching her behaviour. Yeah, she was watching them. Well, that's the thing, you say that, but it felt like she was very close to the monkeys at times. Oh, yeah, I don't think she would have done it the monkeys, but it felt like she was overly friendly with the monkeys. <laughs> um, I felt awkward watching it at times. Um, and that's, and it's basically, she just had to watch them and, and understand what they did, and understand sort of the structures and their life, and, and you know, how they, and basically through her, Basically, they went there at first to try and see if they could watch the anim- watch these animals to get an idea of how early man functioned. Right. You know, they start seeing the monkeys as being like sort of round. The thing that the described uh, sort of made human beings different in the 60s and 70s, people thought was they would always piece of used tools. Obviously, by watching these, they realised that monkeys do it as well. Yeah. You know, and um, they have like, these complex hierarchies of, of um, society, and they have you know families, and they have you know they, they actually care for the young and their upbringing and all that kind of stuff. So it's all that kind of everything you think you know is like oh that's obvious now yeah. is because of was it then? So it's, it's um, all your... anyone who knows Colin knows they love monkeys. Yeah, you do love so monkeys. I'm going yeah. To ask questions. Um, yeah. What what kind of monkeys was she studying? It was chimps. Right, so I see. It's not yeah. monkeys. Are they, are they apes? Are they? Monkeys have tails. Apes don't. Okay. Well, it's that's also a bit of educating. Okay, you're educating already. Yeah. So I, I think it was chimps. Yes. Chimps. She was studying. I think it was chimps. Was it bonobos or chimps? I'm, I don't know. Okay, okay. okay, I honestly don't know. Was it in Africa? I think it was in Africa, yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, again, I'm shaking this. I think it was in Africa. I'm, I'm happy with this knowledge. You have some knowledge of monkeys, yeah. I'm honestly not entirely sure. I'm happy with his answers. I'm okay with that. Okay. Um, so, what was the conclusion then? Did she die in the jungle? No, she didn't. She's still alive to this day. She's, um, I think, she's in her 80s or 90s now, actually. She's still alive. Um, and she still does a lot of work for like, humanity, um, like, sort of humanitarian issues and also like, sort of welfare and raising money to save the rainforest and kind of thing, you know, to, to look after these animals. Um, the problem with the documentary, is what the documentary was, it's clearly from her point of view. So there was a lot of stuff in it you kind of want to explore a little bit further, you know, stuff with her son. You know, like, how did your son feel about your life? You, know, you, you yeah. lived a life where you essentially abandoned him for a long period of time. Monkeys. And he, yeah, and he basically, he grew up and he just, yeah, about the end going, the son was called Grub. That, that was what they called him. And when Grub grew up to be, and I think he said a master shipbuilder. Yeah. He basically makes me think, he's grew up when I don't I want to do anything but deal with fucking monkeys. Uh, I don't want animals in my life. I had, yeah, I went away from it completely, yeah. yeah. So, you want to know how the relationship built on that, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. Also, the relationship with her husband was, that, you know, eventually he became, he was a photographer, and he, they both had like sort of dueling, dueling careers at one point, because she got really famous. And then maybe he struggled with that idea that she he, that she was more famous than him, right. and that was more interesting. about you know, just like, you know, kind of go down that road and see what happened there. Um, at one point, the I think it was through the National Geographic they pulled her funding for, for for reasons which they didn't really get into at any point. Like, what happened? Why did they pull your funding? Yeah, there's a reason. Yeah. There's, there's a story there, but it was very sort of I wouldn't say fluffy because it did get some kind of darker part, part but it mainly was sort of like from her point of view, and you don't really get sort of any in-depth idea of who this woman was. Other than fact, she did, she did good stuff, but there was questions raised about some methods you know about our um, the idea of um, watching but not interacting or watching but not changing well, she interacting to an extent yeah I mean one of the monkeys got polio at one point and it died of it because of it and it's the question is like did, was she the one who because she was handling the monkey sometimes or she, on, did she give the monkey polio that's that's she says she didn't but you didn't get it you didn't get it in her opinion contagious apparently if they've been yeah is it apparently yes maybe not if, maybe if you've got it and know but the, the virus can be contagious or something I, I honestly don't know the ins and outs of it but there was definitely a talk that she could so have given like, it's basically less a clear if there's something that our listeners may understand you're talking time directive here yes essentially yeah 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 yeah, yeah so, so she's went in there and fucking messed with the time directive yeah and monkeys and but the thing about all the kind of so did Diane Fossey as well she did as well yeah did she kill monkeys I mean I don't think so no no <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it's it's an interest. It's on. It's maybe National Geographic. Obviously, they're doing it from a very point of view of you know trying to make it very touchy feely, very yeah. sort of like save the animals, which is obviously yeah. the right to do. Yeah. But <coughs> I feel there's a lot of stuff left in the table that they could have actually. Okay. Uh, did, you, into. did you want to find out more? Did it inspire? It didn't really or? make me want to find out more than what I already knew from it, and yeah. I, and I think the Diane Fossey story with the gorilla is far more compelling. You know. Um, Maybe that's because I knew that story firsthand because of the movie and stuff like that, yeah. but I think that's going to be much more compelling. Okay. And also, I'd probably just rather watch Congo again, to be honest, because it's that talking monkey. Which is the best kind of, the best kind of monkey, yeah. Okay. Um, the other thing I watched, which was not at home, but it was at cinema, but I'm going to mention it right now because it's not a, a new release, was Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Is this, I've heard this film before. Yeah, um, so they've done a, um, last week got a comedy festival on, on, on right, the, I don't yeah. know if it's finished now, but it was, was on. Yeah, um, yes, show Clarence as well, actually, yes, and they're showing Bill and Ted, and they're showing. Um, I was did you show Thelma Louise as well? Something yeah, yeah. yeah. showed a few things, but one of the ones they showed was Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I like, I loved this one as a wee kid. Yeah. Um, I've never seen the big screen before. Although when I was watching it, I feel like I have seen the big screen. French because when you're three, the TV's... I don't, I don't know if my mum and dad took me to see it when I was maybe like young, when it maybe like, re-released it. It came, out, it came out in 88, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't remember that showing all of it. I don't think it came out maybe later on again and they put it out again. Maybe I've, I've seen it then. But Probably old man on it. I'll find out, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, I went over the story of Roger Rabbit. I'm a 
before they go into it, but yeah. it's really fun to watch on the big screen. It, it holds up immensely well with a story. It's a lot darker than I remember. Obviously, you've got like Bob Potter is basically a racist alcoholic in it. You've got a really evil, sadistic bad guy in it with yeah, Crystal Lloyd, who is yeah. absolutely terrifying in it. Yeah. You've also got insane as a sexual innuendo in it that not even innuendo is flat out in front of you. Like, literally, the point of Bob Potter is bouncing off just Rabbit's tits. Yeah. And no one's, and it's like, that's a kid's movie apart. That's a movie by kid's yeah, movie. It's a thing. You've got the baby basically slapping his nut, like his maid's ass constantly yeah, and, yeah. and that kind of stuff. So yeah. it, it, smoking it's smoking as well. Yeah. <laughs> so if your wife finds something really interesting to read on in, online, go on and find out it's um, a legal team behind Roger Rabbit of how the whole film came together. Because I was watching it and I was really thinking, why has no one ever done this again? I mean, they have done it with kind of with Looney Tunes, but why has no one ever tried to do this kind of thing again? Because surely it stands it would make a lot of money, you know, if you'd be all these different universities combining and all that kind of stuff, it would make it work. And basically, if you look at the, the, re, like the legal problems behind how we get it made, it literally became like 40 odd lawyers try to hash out, you know, who gets on screen at the right time. You'll notice in the film, like, uh, Minnie, Mickey Mouse, and Bugs Bunny are only on screen together because no company would ever decree that one was bigger than the other. So they had to be on screen at the same time. You'd stuff like if Donald Duck and Daffy Duck have the piano face off, like if Donald started it, Daffy had to finish the piano concerto and all that kind of stuff, and like they had to play the same number of keys throughout it. If Daffy gets one up on Donald, then Donald has only one up on Daffy, and it's like sort of spot. And it's so like it, it partly took about a year to sort out all this, like the, the end out, out of how this film had to come together, and that maybe explains why no one went to do it again. You know, and it's so get too much of a legal yeah. fucking headache. We'll maybe measure film later on today about uh, that had maybe similar issues in doing so, uh, and also we'll get to it a couple of in a couple of weeks time. But yeah. had similar problems with that one. But yeah, so I saw them too. That's the only two films I've seen that's all done. You know, with Roger Rabbit, um, I remember. I mean, I, I always thought. They blended it really well. Basically. I think it held up well. From one world to the next, yeah. it was seamless almost. And yeah, does, does it still? I think it becomes less seamless when they go to Toontown. Yeah. They're only in Toontown for a very short space of time. Yeah. That's when it holds. It doesn't hold up quite as well. Yeah. When it's in like our world with the Toons going into our world, yeah, it's fine. It, it still holds up pretty well. Yeah, it still looks good. And it's there is always you can see a couple of lines in it. You see a couple of like, you know, composite shots stuff like you can see where things don't quite. Match up, yeah. Match up, but for the most part, yeah, I thought it was still well, very, very well done. Yeah, and is it is it just Wonder Ball characters? As far as I'm aware, but I don't know. I'm not 100 percent on that. I don't know where every character comes from. Yeah. You know. Um, I remember the, the, the weasels were always quite standing out for me. Yes, weasels. Really yeah, the weasels. Yeah. They were putting the gun as well, and Benny did the taxi. Taxi good as well. Yeah, many of the taxi I think it was, yes. As many of the taxi from Escape from LA. I have no idea, I can't remember. Yeah, that's the kind of standard. I remember, but no, everyone loves Roger Rabbit. Yeah, everyone does, yeah. I always remember Betty Boop's in it, she's in black and white, and she's like, why can't you get any work? Like, things are hard now, the world's kind of colour. I thought it was really sweet. It's kind of sad. Yeah, it's sad, but sweet, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's, it, I only wanted to see it, I've never seen the big screen before, it happened to be on, I didn't see any reason not to go and see it, and I really enjoy seeing it on the, the big screen, it's really well done. And I think I've seen you, and I think you've got to read up more about it, but um, I'm pretty sure that this is a kind of, you know, kind of lower now, um, but I'm pretty sure Bob Hoskins kind of lost his marbles about making the movie, because it was the kind of, kind of prototypes, there was nothing done like that before. 
so it was the first time an actor was working with characters. The only thing I can really think there. of would be the tap dancers at Mickey Mouse and Gene Kelly. Which was like a scene though. And also that was like sort of, Gene Kelly really interacted much with him, yeah. in this one you've got, you've got Roger Rabbit pulling at him, and yanking and at him and stuff like that. Yeah, really stuff. Mess with his mate, yeah. And he kind of lost his shit. I can imagine that, yeah. He is very good at it as well, Bob Hoskins. And he commits to it fully as well, he doesn't hold back. Yeah, he really commits well to it. I think that Eddie was kind of known anyway, and I think that kind of sealed his fate. Yeah. You know, he's... But he is, he is, even in that film, he's odd casting for what seems to be sort of like a prestige picture of, of like, this is this is sort of a big budget summer release almost. Mm, yeah. Bob Hawson is not who, like, he's not the heartthrob film you put in it, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, that'd be like making that film now, and if you were still alive, putting Philip Seymour Hoffman in lead role. You know, you would, you'd have something like Chris Hemsworth, or, you know, you know, he is very charming, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 totally. Kind of relate to this odd fucking character. Absolutely, yeah. Ideally happy world, I guess. Yeah, that's the kind of juxtaposition. I mean, I would juxtapose this piece kind of gifting, maybe. But listen. We've got this manic sort of like Roger Rabbit, I guess, this sort of really sad. He's a relatively sad figure. Yeah, he's a very sad figure, you know, so it does work really well. And it's just nice seeing a big screen. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Very pleased with you, sir. Uh, but we went to the cinema release as well. Three cinema releases and one film that I think should get cinema release but didn't get cinema release. Okay. Um, I think we'll go on to that later on. Um, the first one up is a film called Game Night. Game Night, which I seen last night. You seen last night. Yep. Um, directed by a guy called John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. Do you know who these guys are? They've done Vacation Reboot. Ah, okay. Okay. They were also the writers of Horrible Bosses. Okay, yeah. Um, and they also wrote uh, Cloud and Meatballs number two. Uh-huh. And they also recently wrote Spider Man Homecoming. They're, they're good, 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 yeah, yeah, they're That's a good resume so far, man. John Francis Daly's an actor. I don't know if Jonathan Goldstein was. Uh, Francis Daly was an actor. He was in um, Freaks and Geeks at one point, I believe, back in the day. Right. And he's also, have you ever watched Bones? Yeah. He's in Bones. He's like, he got a recurring role in Bones. Right. He's a quiz guy in this film. See the guy at the very start who was doing the quiz? Right. The quiz yeah. master. Yeah. He's that guy. That's okay. him, yeah. yeah. So the plot of this film is basically you get um, a married couple, Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams, they hold a game night every week or so. Yeah. Um, they're ultra hyper competitive um, yeah. to the point where um, Bateman's brother, played by Kyle Chandler, is um, that's the one guy that Bateman seems to not be able to beat, and he's all highly stressed because of this. Yeah. Chandler did to put on a game night for themselves, and it all kind of spiraled from there of a game night yeah. plot of a kind of murder mystery yeah, thing. Yeah, murder mystery game night, which then gets confused with the real world. A real kidnapping, yeah. and then they kind of, yeah, you start to worry about what's yeah. real, what's not, not real, what's the game. Exactly. Yeah. You've got Bateman in it, he play, he's always in it, Rachel McAdams in it, Chill Chandler, like I mentioned before, and you've got Lamore Morris, who you know him, the black guy in it. I, I, that, no. he's, in the, he's in a TV show called The New Girl, which, which I really like, I find, I find him very funny in it. He's actually, I mean, there's two guys in that show that are insanely funny, and I like him, he's one of them I find really entertaining. Uh, <coughs> you've also got Jesse Plemons. Playing possibly the creepiest neighbour I've ever seen in my life. He was really good. Isn't it? Really good. For you, you know, Jesse Plemons is who we refer to as the ugly Matt Damon. Ugly Matt Damon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's a very good actor. He's, an, he's always. Well, I mean, I was looking through his IMDb last night, and everything he's been in 
he's, he's very good in it, yeah. Like he turns up in that film we saw at the start of the year. I don't know if you saw the one, the um, Hostels. Hostels in that as well, yeah. Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad also good as well. Turns up in tons of them. Turns up in the one with Ben Foster and Lance Armstrong. Yeah, he's in that as well. Again, he did something recently as well. We saw. We've done three billboards as well. I think I'm mixing up. You're thinking of Kevin. That's a thing. They two seem interchangeable to me. They sort of. They always have that kind of. Yeah. Again. Um, I think I've got. I'm sure I've mentioned this before the podcast, but Jason Bateman is such a man for me. You like Jason Bateman? Fucking love Jason. I think he's. He's almost relatively every man. So, I mean, he's just like that cool guy that you want to know or want to have a beer with. Or... I think he's a prick, honestly. Yeah, yeah I mean, pr- oh, I think he's great. No, I mean, Amazing. what do you think of the film, first of all? What do you think of the film? Um, me and Lorraine went to see it last night, and both his laughter asses were all the way through. I asked the whole, whole audience, and I was really looking forward to seeing it anyway, mm. and it surpassed every expectation I had. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Did it surpass because your expectations were low to begin with? No, because no. I went in thinking I'm, I'm so happy to, to see a good movie. Right, okay. and I was really looking forward to seeing things that's going to be good, and it just way over the bar, man. You know, it was like a 40 yard field and it just fucking sealed over it. I mean, I would say I would agree with you in that respect. I mean, compared to what has been out recently from studios in terms of comedies, if you look at what's out last year, like Baywatch and Chips and The House yeah. and a bit of ultimate other ones that are just like just utterly vacation for example or like that but something like that is awful awful big studio comedies that you'll just have absolutely no absolute clunker that some of the most Unfunny piece of shit you've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. This is better than that. Yeah, this, is, this has got genuine laughs in it. I genuinely laughed in it. It's not just the trailers. I mean, the trailer was quite funny. Yeah. There, there's so much more to it. There's, there's some genuinely good, there is some genuinely good funny bits in it. Um, I thought it lulled in the final third when it started doing all the reviews. It yeah. lost a bit of energy then. Again, yeah. 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 Um, I, I guess anything, it's hard to keep that guy going for yeah, obvious no, terrors. Um, but no, I've got this charming as hell. And, I mean, nothing was it. never got to the point where you were like, wow, you know, like, like mind blown revelations. You always kind of roughly knew it was going to Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was the same portion most of the film. It was nice as well. And that was sort of kind of, you know, that was kind of didn't. I think a lot of people, I want to move in. Seriously, when I finish work, I just wanted to watch a film and yeah. switch off, and this gave me exactly that. You know, I laughed and I chuckled, and I didn't have to. Watch it was pretty on the nose, about maybe an hour and forty, roughly. Yeah, 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 so it's yeah, nice, yeah, nicely yeah, tight, nicely paced. McCann was actually doing, doing comedy again. She's funny. She's very funny. Yeah, she, she's got comic timing, and it's yeah. she's so, so long she's been trying to go into sort of trying to do the the drama and obviously do the more serious acting and, and also be pushed forward. The, not quite the Oscar, but you try to get into like, be that kind of actress. Yeah. You forget that she started out doing stuff like Mean Girls, where she's very funny and yeah. stuff like Mean Girls, yeah. and she's doing all her rom-coms. Yeah. She has got that comedic bone in her body, so she can actually do it really well. I think, and I love me and Lorraine kind of mentioned this as well, you probably, probably going to say that actually, is I think the last 46 weeks, movies have been really dark and heavy and hard. Yeah, no, because that is, and, it's, and, a, it's a post-Oscar thing. Yeah, and this is the first kind of real, kind of, you know, Light movie that I've seen for a while. There is a I enjoyed that. I was like, you know, it was almost like, fuck, you know, this, this is entertainment again. Yeah. There's not been anything really funny for a while. And I think that really kind of. I enjoyed You're it. You're in the mood for a comedy. You're in the mood to laugh. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, Definitely had funny ones. I thought Morris, Lamar Morris, and uh, Chandler were good. Chandler thought really played the asshole role quite well. He was good. Yeah. 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 yeah.
hyper achieving couples yeah, who like absolutely. they probably piss everybody else off because they're very pretty they have a really nice life mm-hmm. they're probably very successful at work as well but you think yeah. going, they're, just, they're just you're assholes like I don't like you because of that but they did come with my choice yeah, I do yeah. um, Bateman you like him in pretty much everything I love Bateman I think he's just as I say, he, he, he's just got that, that, you know, this is a guy I, I want to have a beer with. Are you trying to say he's a new Tom Hanks? No, Tom Hanks. He's a Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks, okay. <laughs> I, I've, I've always liked Bateman uh, way back in, you know, in the early 90s when he was doing stuff like Necessary Roughness and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So I've been a fan, like, you know, pretty much since he was on tune almost. Right. Um, and I've always just came over to stuff like that. Okay. I've always been a big fan of him, and I think he always delivers. Always. I mean, even something like Horrible Bosses, which overall is a fucking video for me. Yeah. And he's in it, I think it. But here's the problem, you always like say you watch Horrible Bosses 1 and 2, mm-hmm. then you watch Christmas Christmas Party, the one the Christmas Vacation, the Christmas Party one he's in, the Christmas Office yeah. Party, yeah. and then you watch this one, yeah. he's playing the same character, well, yeah, there's no, there's nothing of interest in him there at all. That's some actors, some actors are character yeah, but he's just he's doing the same thing every time. I think he just plays all his strengths, now. Yeah. his strength, this is everyone. Um, even when I, you know, Office Party when he did, that's when it was in with Seth Rogen or something. Was that him? No, that's, Office Party is the one when he's in with, um, yeah. it's, it's um, the, the party in the office for Christmas and it goes all yeah. off, the, off the rails. Off, so that one, yeah. yes. I think he plays every man because that, that's what he is. No, yeah, it's just it's scary, you want to just punch the shoulder and... I just want to punch him in the face sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, there is something I do generally quite like him in, and he thinks he's quite charming, but because this feels like he's doing the same thing over and over and over again, yeah. I'd rather see a little bit more. He even just put a little spin on it. Like, he was in a film a few years ago called Identity Thief. Yeah. With, um, Mick M- M- McCarthy. Yeah. And, the, and he played the exact same role in this film as he did in, in, as he did in um, uh, Game Night. Yeah. Where if he just done something like, if they were kind of to go, let's switch the roles. Let's make you the slobbish asshole and make her the sort of well-to-do person. It'd been infinitely funnier, but he's so sort of entrenched now in that role of this, no, this yeah. he needs to do it. was the one he was in with Joe Leggerton with the gift again? Listen, he's always said he can do other stuff. I get, I get, yeah. I get you always like character and Hancock as well. He can, he, is, if he wants to, he could probably maybe, there's the one on, I think Stu talked about it, it's because it's Oztar, or Oztar, it's on Netflix just now. It's like a series um, it was in, apparently he's very good in as well. But he's not playing quite playing the same, just doing that kind of smarmy everyman, he's doing something yeah. a bit different. So he also has got acting props, so he's doing a little bit different. Um, I thought the standard was Jesse Clemens. Always. I thought you just every time you you just you just so good to go to He plays the creepiest, creepiest. Name was what? Did you say the very end? The last scene with Jesse Plemons in it. What one? The very last like credits. I would have kind of panned around his house. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, every time he's on the screen, you just like oh, yeah, you just like you just. I like when he goes when someone says because obviously in the film he's the boss and they like the they like the wife, not him. Yeah. And then someone go, he says something like, oh, she's cooking this. And then someone goes, what a bitch. And he's like, did you just disparage my best wife? Yeah. My, my ex-wife? <laughs> she's a saint of what? She's a saint on this earth. Like, I'm really sorry. He like, <laughs> just does creepy so well. And I'm sure he's a lovely guy. He does seem to, yeah. Apparently he's a really nice guy. Don't but, have a change. No. Every time you, you do look at me, you're like, you're a creepy bastard. You're a creepy fucker, yes. Like we said, some really good genuine laughs in it. I didn't like a couple of ones where they, if you're going to make a reference to something, you don't have to then tell me what the reference is. Yeah. I either get it or won't get it. Yeah. You don't need to tell me what the reference is. I think it's probably aimed at a younger audience as well. I mean, it's got to care. It's got to possibly, care. possibly. But no, but that, that it seemed like you didn't have to make. If you, if you get the re- if you didn't have, if you didn't reference what that film was from. It was still a funny scene. 
Yeah, 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 Malcolm X Washington or something? Is it seriously? Yeah, he's like something Malcolm X something. Yeah, he looks good. Apart from the nose. Apart from the nose, yeah. But you know, I really like that. Yeah. So out of 10, what you give it? A 9 out of 10. A 9 out of 10? I really really enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. You actually enjoyed it. I needed that that night and just, you know, it was what I was looking for. I think also maybe you're different. I saw it on a Saturday afternoon when the cinema was quite quiet. So the audience reaction wasn't quite there. You saw it on a Wednesday night, which is always we had a half full cinema. Yeah. You know, every time we laughed, you could hear it. We sat in front of it. Behind us Aye. was the same laugh. So every joke is infectious in the full hall. So we got helped as well. I think, we've yeah. talked about it before. The Wednesday night cinema audience is a bit more forgiving because yeah. it's a two for one. People who don't go that often, yeah. so they maybe they're not maybe quite as cinef- like you know sort of maybe cinema fanatics as yeah. maybe other people who go like a Monday morning or, or a Monday yeah. afternoon. Or, you know, the people who go see one film, they've got to be entertained for that one ninety minute thing. So they're more forgiving on that. I'm sure in terms of technically and stuff like that and on paper it, it, you know it probably isn't as big scoring as I'm giving it yeah. but it, 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 you just kept, it. it hit me that time yeah, it hit that time. Was, and I, I, mean, I could have been the next day I might have been a shit and we went to see yeah. and be like I hate this and just put it down and I just got swept away did you know some of the wine shots look like, look like um, board games brilliant that was really cool the amazing me it looked like Lego. That was really cool. Really yeah. I really smart. I really, that's really one thing I really enjoy about it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be a bit weaker on I'm going to be a bit six and a half. Which, for a comedy, which for a studio comedy, I'm normally yeah. giving like three and fours, so it is definitely two or three marks above that. So yeah, it's definitely, sure. it's really, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it, I giggled, it made me laugh a good four or five times. Yeah. There are clearly faults in it, but for the time I watched it, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed what I watched. Will I watch it again? Don't think so. Yeah. But enjoy the more enjoyed Baywatch yeah. or Chips or that kind of stuff. I think Lorraine went to gold last night because we always kind of discussed uh-huh. it. She went to gold because she almost gave it a 10. Wow, she has. If you laugh, if you put it. Exactly. We're both just like fucking kids giggling away. Films get you the right time. You know, there's a lot of stuff that you find Absolutely. insanely funny and it, 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 it has that moment and it gets you. Yeah, um, I'm enjoying it. So, enjoying yeah. it. So, so, it's nice so worth seeing. Average out, seven and a half. Yeah, seven and a half. I would give it that. Um, and also, it's nice to know, see, it's getting some tenure play. Like it's out, normally a comedy like this will drop off after two weeks, it's in, yeah. I think it's in its third week now, it's still got the four or five shows at Mott Cinemas, so obviously it has got some people out getting an audience for it. Yeah, yeah so I enjoyed it. Uh, next one up is a film that didn't get a cinema release, you discussed it briefly last week. Yeah. Um, it's still called Annihilation. Annihilation by Alex. Alex Garland, who's only, I really think, forgot, he's only written directed one film. Ex Machina. Ex Machina, he has written a lot of stuff. He's dead, but already, both films, he's got a style. He's got a talent, yeah. But it's almost, but he's got a mark as well, like, you, you kind of know now, but that's Alex Garland. I mean, I think the two, when you compare two villains side to side, it's oh, like, You can see, yeah, he's got themes. Oh, yeah, he's got yeah. a mark all over it, yeah. Um, so, he's also been a writer of 28 Days Later, oh, I think one of the best zombie films, of, oh, it's not zombies that are infected, they're not zombies, back of zombies. Um, Sunshine? Oh, the Danny Boyle. Yes, um, watched Danny Boyle a lot, um, he also a film called Never Let Me Go, a really good kind of time travel sci-fi romance. Okay, very twisted, very interesting. He also he also wrote Dread, but the Carolyn one, not yes, Carolyn one. Oh. But Stu t- was telling me um, basically that Dread was more of a sort of um, he also produced Dread as well. Right. Apparently, Dread was a bit of a Spielberg Poltergeist situation. You know, the idea that 
he's not a director, but only in name only he's not a director. He is the director? Yes, you know. But, like, you know, like, Toby Hooper was the director yeah. of the old, well, yeah, but a lot of people say not actually Spielberg directed the film, yeah. Hooper was basically on set. Yeah. I disagree with that, I think there is definitely echoes of Hooper in yeah. yeah. it. It's almost like a dual partnership. Apparently, it, it, it's a lot more in Dreadfire, he sees it as more Garland, I yeah. think. Yeah. So. Which I'm doing retrospect now. Yeah. yeah, it does. You can see that, can't you? Totally yeah. can. Yeah. I never even thought at the time until Stu mentioned him. I'm going, no, that doesn't make sense. You see yeah, a lot of stuff. Lot of and also, being the writer, you obviously know there's going to be themes coming through, but even just stylish, realistic wise, yeah, yeah, you see a lot of Garland there. Yeah, 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 just in Garland. Yeah. Um, so the plot of this film is it's very hard to get into without ruining the film but essentially there's a sort of a shimmer in the world a sort of like a, 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 something's appeared in, the, on, in, in air yeah like, a sh- like under the dome almost yeah like also, something's appeared yeah. under the dome and yeah. everybody anything the army or the, the military or the government says something interested don't return yeah. But they have a plan to send five women into it. Because Basically they keep sending the fuckers to get the fuckers uh, to get the flag. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a real kind of, you send after the spiral to get the flag kind of yeah. situation, yeah. <laughs> so they send five women in to get to, to search out and find stuff. Um, when they get into, you get into a world where sort of physics and biology don't really go to plan, things yeah. are a bit messed up, DNA is all mixed around, yeah. things are a bit yeah. askew, um, and from that they've got to try and survive this and basically try and find a way out. Yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah. the basic of it. Pretty, pretty much, yeah. I, I don't want to get into anything else about it because it will kind of ruin a lot of it, so, but that's the basic idea of the film. In the film you've got um, Natalie Portman, who, I always forget, Natalie Portman's an Oscar winner. Yeah, she's good. She's good. I've recently read a thing recently, she's the most underrated Star Wars character. Because she's solid and she, yeah. she really doesn't do... I mean, even the scene where she's got the white jumpsuit cut off, it's iconic. It's mm-hmm. probably one of the most iconic things you remember from those movies. Yeah. And it's, you know, that's Corbin, that's Yeah, so, yeah so it's like... Maybe she played also played Amidala in the Star Wars. She's yeah. probably she's probably one of the most underserved Star Wars characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, as, as a side note, but I just read I read a thing on about point. it. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee in as well, who I love to see on oh, camera. Yeah. Always, 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 always good. Yeah. One of the first is a boobs I saw on screen. Which one? Backdraft. Oh. Was it was the record of the mornings? That's the morning, I think. Jason Lee in that. She is in it, yeah. It's not her, he's naked and probably fast. Okay, the morning's one of the first set I've seen then. Um, important. Think, think, think it matters man remember. to you, sir. It matters to me. <laughs> uh, you've got Tessa Thompson as well. Who is becoming one of man? Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, I, I kind of first noticed her in Selma. Um, she's not in Dear White People as well. You ever see that? I've not seen that, but Selma was the first time I really thought, you know, who is she? Yeah. She's, she's good. And then she was in the other guys and stuff like that. And I'm not the other guys, so the one I'm doing. And then Ragnarok, and, and you know, she's fast becoming everything. Now she's like, this girl's got a bright, bright future. Yeah. Also oh, in Creed as well. Creed as well. Creed, yeah, excellent. Yeah. Creed played the, yeah. the, the magician. Um, she's going to be apparently in a the new film. She's going to be in as um, they're doing a Men in Black spin-off. Doing the Jump Street Men in Black, is that still happening? No, this is, it may, might be, but they're doing a Men in Black spin-off. And it's going to be her and Chris Hemsworth partner together. Well, Which I'm so, for because Chris Hemsworth is funny. Well, you see the two of them ride they bounce. Yeah, they bounce, but also yeah. Hemsworth is a funny fucking guy. Yeah, he is. He's, he, he's, yeah. a, he's a generally a comedian. He's he needs to do more comedy because he's, very, very, he's a very funny guy. He watched like, obviously, Ghostbusters. Even going back to what you were saying, Vacation, the remake. He's the only good thing, he's very he's funny. He's in it and he's like, oh, man, Hemsworth is a funny guy. Yeah, so um, she's in it as well, and also Gina Rodriguez is in it as well, yeah. who I like as well. Good cast, yeah. and uh, of course, your man, Ask Oscar Isaac, who seems to be amused for. Uh, yeah, probably was shooting us at the same time he was shooting Star Wars. Yeah. 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 And it was in obviously he was in X Machina, so I think he's, he's found his views and do you know what? This seemed to work well together. Yeah. And, and he hasn't got a big role, he's not got a big role in this one he had in X Machina. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's, sure. it's, it's an important role, but it's not a big role. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
what do you think of it? You, you came into it a little bit. Um, what, what do you think overall? I enjoyed it. I mean, it's not quite high concept sci-fi. Uh, it is not. I think it's very high concept sci-fi. Oh God, yes. I think sci-fi's got to saturation. There's not much you can do anymore without being utterly obscure to the point that no one else understands. Yeah. To be. Well, I would concept. base it on the ending of this. That that is the case. I don't, I don't understand the ending. Okay. And I understood it, and I got to the end in the last 20 minutes, it fucking kind of trips out the last 20 minutes, without spoilers, it yeah. kind of, you know, fucking... It goes about 2001. The trip balls, yeah? Yeah, it goes about 2001. And when it finished, when the credits cut, I was like, yeah, I got it. I think I got it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I won't kind of wait long, but, yeah. you know, I was like, I'm satisfied with my conclusion, and as you do, you kind of go online and check, and few people that you're at my conclusion, and I'm like, I got it, and I think... I think that's what it is. Maybe I mean I do a lot of sci-fi. I'm yeah. a sci-fi hawk, so maybe I just that's when it's free. But I don't think it's as high. It's great. I'm not saying it's not good. It's really fucking clever, right? And smart. But I don't think it's as high concept as people make it. And I think the decision to not give it a cinema release in America. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's as high concept. Again, it's not bad. Um, no, definitely not. Well, clever as fuck. Yeah, it's really clever. And Northern right stuff like this sometimes can you just like know when your kids up your ass because you get it and you're not. Like, it does have a known suffering. In sense that I, I love the first two acts of it. Like there's, there's a, the opening, I like the idea, of the premise of it, the stuff when they're trying to survive the, um, the, the, the sort of the bio, the, the bio whatever it is, are in. Um, and there's the creatures in the bio. There's one particular that's absolutely terrifying. That, that I thought, was horrible. Yeah, it? so it not, obviously it's really, utterly terrifying. Really fucking horrible. Um, but the that's third, shit. that is nightmare. That is utter I, nightmare shit. I don't scare you. No, but I, that, I was like, I think haunted my dream the next it's night. Chilling man, is it? Yeah. You kind of feel your, your neck kind of prickling. Oh no, I, I dreamt about it. I dreamt about it on. I think we watched it on the Saturday, and I had a dream about it on the Saturday night, and it really, it, woke, it did creep the fuck out of me. I did not like that at all. Um, almost it's akin to that one. I suppose the film I saw. Oh, what was it called? Is it a Ritual? The one that was out recently? Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of weird moose animal? Yeah, yeah that freaked me out as well. Yeah. So, I, I the final 20 minutes, final half hour, I just, it, it didn't jive for me at all. Yeah, I lost I it. I think that's where it was gone for, here's my idea. But, no, I mean, I, I got it, and I'm not, again, I'm not saying it's bad or anything, I'm just saying I don't think, maybe because it's uh, done a lot of sci-fi books and yeah. films. Well, that's, that's the point, yeah, you do really, you really, you really a lot of sci-fi films. Um, what are you drinking right in, Colin? Uh, Corona. Corona. I've changed, I'm going to St. Mungo. Which isn't Corona? Which isn't Corona, it's from West, which obviously right now is we're basically funding West. Yeah, Richard's <laughs> um, West is hosting Richard's marriage, so it's so, Richard has to be nice to West at all times. Yeah, Yeah. what I was going to say is, so we touched on this last week as well, so the decision was that this film was too smart. And it, it, they said, you know what, this is too smart for mainstream. So they gave it um, a limited cinema release in America. I think so, yeah, yeah. I believe it was. Um, and everywhere else got it on Netflix. And I, I think people, people aren't that dumb. Um, you know, I think most people watching that film would have got, a, have got enough of it to draw a conclusion. It would have been as satisfying as Galvin. I also think the audience is going to watch this on Netflix are the same audience who watch in the cinema. People who don't, people not into this sort of type of sci-fi will not seek out on Netflix either. But what they've done is they've deprived us of seeing a film that is visually absolutely stunning and beautiful. Yeah. That should and he he tells himself he shot this film to be seen on a cinematic yeah. landscape. And you've, it's been denied that because I think the film would be, it'd be beautiful and hopefully maybe in years to come you'll see films like that you'll see it again. On the big screen. Yeah, screen of it, yeah. But I think I think there was. You know, we're, we're not fucking idiots, I mean, and like, so even, you know, people that aren't in the sci-fi that much, I don't think it's that 
back on it, but he wouldn't. <coughs> so I'm kind of conclusion. That's the reason why it's um, it's been put there because Garland ref- Garland refused to cut the film. Good. Good. His producer on his side refused to cut it as well. But the studio wanted to cut it. Yeah. But because the producer had final cut on it, that's why it didn't get cut. Yeah. Which do stood by his guns. More people yeah. need to do that shit, man. You know, yeah. Yeah. stood by what he wanted to do it and he, and he did it. Yeah, um, fuck with the man's artistic merit. Do not fucking do it. Absolutely. And I agree. Um, I think it holds up. I mean, it reminds a lot of people. People compare it to Ex Machina, obviously for obvious reasons. Particularly the ending is very Ex Machina. Yeah, yeah. I think it, to me it felt a lot more, a lot more like Arrival. Arrival 2001. And also a lot of I thought, particularly the first two acts, very Girl with All the Gifts. Yeah. And a lot of that kind of stuff in it as well. And those films, all three of those films that we've mentioned there, like Ex Machina didn't make massive money. It made good money, but not massive money. It done well, people liked it, but it didn't yeah. make massive money. Gilwell the Gift did not make massive money at all. Yeah. Um, 2001, well, I, don't, I probably had a lot of money in retrospect. Even something like Blade Runner 2049 didn't make a lot of money. But this film costs a shit ton less than Blade Runner 2049. If you gave it like half the release of Blade Runner 2049, you still get the same audience for you it. Make you make a return on it. So it, it deserved a cinematic release. And that's, that's so annoying that yeah. it didn't get a cinematic release. And I was watching this on a relatively big television. Obviously, obviously we all big TV want to watch the film the best way we possibly can even that I feel like there's stuff in this film that feels like should be seen bigger yeah. and you want to be sitting maybe the first two rows of cinema and see it properly just envelop you one uh, thing that I noticed from it um, and uh, again we had a couple of mention this but Richard like the, the kind of chorus really gets me it was on the popcorn movie go but even I could see like almost every frame was yeah, I mean, every frame you always want to take a screenshot of it. You always had that, that kind of rainbow hue in every scene somewhere, and just everything, you know, you, you could pause at any point and, you know, put that in the wall. And Aye, every scene you pause is it as a screensaver, basically, yeah. yeah. It's an absolute stunning look at. Yeah, um, it, I, mean, I don't know shit like that because I'm just a fucking man. <coughs> I don't watch a film, but not even I've noticed I was so yeah. in the business on it. Were they going to cast him? The cast was really, well, I didn't really know anything else. I knew, obviously, know Jennifer, Tessa, and um, Natalie Bowman. Natalie and Oscar. The others I didn't really recognise them, but they, 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 they were the kind of main roles anyway. Possibly. Yeah. But they served the purpose well. Yeah. Everyone was sort of. Everyone had their own wee arc in the film, which yeah. I thought was nice. Everyone had their own moment in the art in the film. No one was sort of underserved. I thought everyone, if you were, if they were in it for a small amount of time, some of them were obviously. They still had a moment in it where you felt they were believable characters, which I thought is yeah. something something that's overlooked in a lot of these kind of films. Yeah. You know, so I thought they were all very very good. You, you cared. I mean, even the first one to go. You know, you were like, oh, you know, yeah. Shit. You felt bad for them. Yeah. Normally the first. We don't give a shit about yeah, it's obviously yeah, the, the she's, yeah, the fodder, but every, actually, yeah, every character was related. He felt good for it, he felt bad for her. Yeah. Um, out of 10, what are you gonna give it? I think I gave a seven and a half, eight. I, I'm, yeah. I'm going with eight, I, I really enjoyed it's it. Solid, I, solid. It's literally the, the ending, maybe I'm too dumb to get it, maybe that's what the problem was. I think you probably too get it, that's what I mean. Is, I think what you think it is probably, probably is, is yeah. what it is but you're looking yeah it just, it, didn't, it, just, it didn't jive for me towards the end that's the yeah. thing I just didn't really I just really get it I don't know about jobs in the past so. maybe, maybe that's worked for you better I'm the same like, I don't really like the ending of 2001 Space Odyssey yeah. I'm not a fan of the ending of that film I think the ending of that film is, is just insanely fucking mental I'm going to understand that film I don't think I ever will I don't want to understand it I almost it. got it last time when I woke up and yeah. forgot yeah can mean you saw it in the cinema yeah. we saw it maybe two years ago we saw it in the cinema I went home and I woke up and I, for a hazy moment, I was like, understood it. Back, yeah. Woke up and I was like, no. yeah. yeah. I mean, I love the first two thirds of that film. Yeah. But the final third, I'm just, I'm not. Nah, I, I, I tune out. Anything I watch, I'm like, I don't even have to watch this. There's no point. 
Um, so yeah, so eight out of ten, both is really worth watching. Should be seen in the cinema if you're lucky enough oh, to see it in the cinema. Watch it. Yeah. Definitely watch it. Next one up, I'm not going to talk about it too much because we're going to discuss it in length. I think about in about two weeks' time. But I saw the advanced preview of Ready Player One. You did, so you're I did. Excitable I was excited over this, and it is <laughs> fucking amazing. That's all I'm going to say right now. It's a ten out of ten film for me. Okay. I absolutely wow. adored it. I loved it. Everything I wanted it to be, I absolutely is loved. Your first ten out of ten. Film? No, I'm going to give you a ten out of ten as well. Did you? And okay. I possibly Paddington as well. Okay. Paddington too, yeah. Uh, no, I gave it a ten out of ten before. Uh, but no, this is everything you want a popcorn piece of cinema to be. Richard is not a shocker about this film. Yeah. Since, and it, to be fair, you've not spoiled it. I will spoil one thing. Yeah. I've not been here. Just like a fucking kid. I am. I am like a, I'm like a volcano. I want to ruin everything about this film because there's scenes in this film. Yeah. The people who are. Child, yeah. yeah. The people who I love, I know will love certain moments in this film. Like I've told you, you about a scene yeah. that you'll love. Yeah. I've told you the scene that he will absolutely lose his shit over. Uh, there's stuff in the film you go like, you're going to absolutely adore this in every I single love way. I've seen you so yeah. And everything like the opening, you've seen the trailer for the film, obviously. Yeah. 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 Um, like the whole kind of like basically the Carmageddon chase through the like sort of a prototype New York. Basically, most of the trailers the first 15 minutes of the film. There is so much of this, and you're like, holy fuck, this is amazing. It is Spielberg at his utter, utter best of just showing the world of what he can do when he's got like, I'm gonna have fun with this, and I'm gonna show you what I can do, and I'm gonna show everybody else who's like, all of us have to be something else now that you can make a fun. Thought of us with absolute heart. And everyone will love it. And I think I don't. I honestly think this film might not do what people think it's going to do because of people. People don't really know what it is, and that might be a problem. Yeah. But everyone should watch it. It's fucking brilliant. And people of our age, and maybe in their early thirties, late maybe early thirties, forties, are going to absolutely adore it because. Yeah, you have to watch. You basically have to watch it on on pause. Yeah. Like frame by frame to get everything in it. Just for views listening, Richard is beaming just now. He's just like you. It was delighted. There was literally moments in the film when I actually <laughs> screamed in the cinema. But there's a particular moment. In fact, I'm going to tell, tell you one moment that's not that's in the film that made me really happy, and it's not a root spoiler. You see the 1950s Wall of the World shit. And the sound, and everyone knows me, I love that movie, yeah. like more than anything. Yeah. And they see, I'm like, holy fuck! Like, I, I, like, I yelled. Like Jill well. Jill loved it as well. Yeah, yeah Jill loved it as well. Do you think it's got. I know what you're saying, the trailer sells it as sci-fi, yeah. you've got Spielberg's name which is dropped, uh-huh. do you think people need to look past that and go and see it because it is more than a sci-fi film? It definitely, no, what I'm saying is really, I'm not going to get into too much about it because yeah. I want to it properly with you. It's 60% like sort of that CGI world, mm-hmm. but you don't feel bored by that world, you don't feel like you're put off by that, you actually still enjoy that world, yeah. and you want to be involved in it more, because anything you go into that world, you see something fucking amazing, like you see like, like the DeLorean racing against the, v, like the V8 from Mad Max, you're like, I want to see that, I, can't, I, want, to see that. I want to see that more in the film, I want to see more of that. Dude, so, Richard is just like, he is like a child just now, he's, he's fucking unleashed his inner child. I'm saying, Springsteen's in the soundtrack. Okay. Yeah, so, like, like the song? I don't know, it's a B-side, I honestly didn't recognise the song. Oh, okay. So it must be some random B-side, I'll have to find out what the song is. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's maybe by cover he's doing. I'll look it up, yeah. Look it up, yeah, but yeah. I'm like, oh shit, that sounds like Prince. That sounds like Prince. Fucking hell. Obviously, <laughs> um, it elevates the book, it's not a direct copy of the book, which I think is smart, because I think the book ultimately is quite stupid. Yeah. <coughs> but it, it takes the idea and the themes of the book and, and makes it into something you want to watch. So your enthusiasm is contagious. Yeah. Really excited. When I love a film, I will fight, but I will tell everyone to go and see it, and I will fight for it every second. Yes. And I. You're selling it. I was amazed it got a two-week early release for me. I was amazed it got that advanced preview thing. I didn't think it would get it, but I think they've only done it because 
they've had good feedback from the press screenings that it's been strong and I think they were confident enough to put it out there and go everyone who wants to see it go and see it and just post about it as much as you want ah let's love it if, if, they're, if, they're, if they were unsure on it they might have put it out at the right time and just sort of let it fly people will hopefully get an audience based on the fact of Spielberg I think Spielberg will always be the guy who I'll go and see and in this film in particular his name is just it's all over this film and it makes you just perfect anyway we'll move on yeah. I won't get to talk about it for long, but we'll discuss it more at a later date um, in full detail without spoiling it, which I think will be fucking impossible to do without spoiling it. Um, but on to the film, me and you both saw actually last night. Last night? Yeah, uh, night before. Tuesday night. It's been a while since we've been in the movies together. It has we've been done actually. We've done a double bill. Did a double, double header. Uh, and the first one of those double headers was. Red Sparrow. Red Sparrow. Richard Dr- first. Directed by a guy called Francis Lawrence. You know what he did? I don't know what he did. He's not related to Jennifer Lawrence, by the way, for a start. Um, he directed Constantine. Oh, which I like. People didn't like it first, but I, I've actually found myself like enjoying it. it. All, yeah, yeah. I've actually found myself liking it more and more. Yeah, yeah. And then a film called I Am Legend. Didn't like it much. CGI. See the one for that CGI. Yeah. 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 I prefer Omega Man. But every, every time. Every yeah. time, yeah. Every time. Uh, and then Water for Elephants as well, which I found quite charming. I've not seen it. Who's that again? Your man Arpats and... Yeah. Renny Zellweger. No, is Renny Zellweger? Maybe. Renny Zellweger. It's set in like a circus yeah. in the 1920s. Actually, Jennifer had a lot of heart. It's also got your guy from um, Dawn of the Dead. Um, the blub, bub. Um, what about that? Ah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, good guy, minute. Um, he, what he... Probably more known for you, he wrote The Hunger Games, the Catching Fire and the Mockingjay films, which right. of all the Hunger Games, the Catching Fire ones, the only one I actually can watch and enjoy. Right, so that's Jennifer where he, Lawrence is his yeah. muse. Right, okay. Yeah, cast, sorry, first of all, it's Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Joel Egerton, Matthias Schoenhartz, Jeremy Irons, and Charlotte Rampling. Yeah. Um, the plot of the film is basically, it's, it's, a, kinda, it's a pseudo-true story, because this thing did exist, but this is not an exact story. But, um, the Russian government and the Soviet era, but I think even up until recently, had uh, basically a, a camp. America had it as well, where they trained young Italian people to be essentially sex spies, essentially. Yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, yeah. get into someone yeah, and then find out. And find out stuff. Um, I'm highly trained in which way I'm sitting across the table from you not next to you exactly um, and it's basically Jennifer Lawrence trying to survive this because basically her body but she's a prima ballerina ballerina yeah. who gets injured and she gets basically put into this because it, may, it makes her be able to earn money to help her, her but, mother out yeah she's a career ruin she needs to earn Make, a living yeah. somehow her uncle gives her a choice here and it, then he gets a sort of like a, a, a spy and double agent and all that kind of stuff based on her allegiance to America Russia America Russia all that kind of stuff um, well, because it's interesting. This is probably the biggest budget film that Jennifer Lawrence has been the main star of. Really? It's a bigger budget than Hunger Games and Shelley Yeah, but Hunger Games, I would say, was based on a franchise. Mm-hmm. I mean, she first started that film, she wasn't a big name. True, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is where I suppose that's what made it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's evolved from it. With, without doubt, the only thing that makes that film, the Hunger Games films, good is her. Yeah. Because those films without her are just have nothing. Right. Yeah. They're, they're, they're basically Maze Runner or what's the other one we saw? The, the one with the thing in the people's back. Divergent yeah, shit. Yeah, it's, it's that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, 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 not, it's not great. Yeah. Her personality makes those films way more interesting. Yeah. Well, the, the franchise that built out X Men, she's sharing the bill with like at least three or four other people. It's a playbook. Well, I say that. They're, they are more indie to an extent, so they're, 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 they're not big, they're not massive releases. And also, she has got De Niro by the Cooper Network. 
goes on as well. So there is sort of almost a, not quite scaring the bill, but there is a sense of, you know, it's, a, it's an ensemble cast yeah. of the film. This one, although it's got Joe Wegg, although it's got to say Sean Hart, although it's got Jeremy Irons, this is all Jennifer Lawrence's film. Yeah, yeah, she is. She, she is, is the name she, of the film. The camera's on her. Yeah, the camera's on her. Absolutely. Um, what do you think of it? Shite. You say it's sort of overly shit. You're shite. I, I really don't. Could of, this be a bit like you're talking about with the comedy? You just went in the mood to see it because you were very down on seeing the film to begin with. So yeah, like that, even but, the yeah. trailers never sold me. Do, do you know what? Um, I'm sorry if I'm going to be offensive or insult anyone here, but it's not my intention. Um, I, I truly think Jennifer Lawrence is a one part. She is, yes. I, she's so watchable. Compelling, compelling in film. Yeah, everything yeah, she does. Let me, you both have that film, Joy. Yeah, like she, it's not a great film, but she, she is stunning. Do a lot of anything, she's amazing in it. In, in this film, without spoiling anything, you know, she, she, she kind of gets naked a lot and stuff like that. And I'm, I, I, I don't want that Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just think that ruins her for me. It's like, I'm, you can act. You're a fucking good actress. You don't rely on tips and ass and dodge accents. But I would say the nudity, the, nudity, the nudity was never done in a way that was, I think, intended to be sexy. Did it, was, it have to be there? I think some of it had to be. At least obvious as it was. Again, she was stripped quite a lot in this film, I agree, so the, the, the clothes were removed quite a lot. Um, and I guess, you know, sexy Russian spies, I, I, I'm not stupid, I get that yeah. shit, but, I, you know, I, I don't need to see, you know, pretty much a close-up shot fucking Jennifer Lawrence's fucking devilishing twat, you know what yeah. I mean? Just to get the concept, I'm sorry, but she's... I felt that that scene was... I get it had to be, it had to be a, a, a brutal and raw scene, but I feel that like it could have been shot in a way that made it less... Not more tasteful, yeah, yeah, yeah. just a bit more discretion. I agree, yes. And I, I'm not approaching, I mean, not that bit, if I can... No, no, no. So, I mean, but I, I just think she's, she's a great actress, so, I mean, don't, don't do that. And, and the accent was fucking red. The accent did, it's, it's fault of... But overall, I just thought it was boring, but it just kind of... Yeah. I'm not, dis- not going to disagree with you too much on it. Um, I liked it more than you did. Yeah. And I think Lorraine was with as well. She liked it more than you did she as well. She really enjoyed it. Lorraine thought it was, you know, something that almost captured the classic spy film. She but still it was feels short. That and almost got it. She really enjoyed it. So, you know, what. Yeah. It wants to be Tinker Taylor or Bridge yeah. of Spies or yeah. Night of the Condor or something like that. Yeah. It doesn't get to that level. Yeah. It, it, it obviously is not. It, it's. it's one, one, one thing I would say about it as well. It's the same length as Ready Player One, two hours and twenty minutes. Ready Player One felt like two hours and twenty minutes flew by in an instant because it's there's so much so enjoyable. So yeah. this felt like two hours and twenty minutes. This felt longer. This did feel like a, and that's the same. I really enjoyed Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. That is a fucking it is a film that takes a fucking age to watch and you don't ever move at any point very quickly in it. Yeah. And the film was thought after it's also a very slow moving film. Well, but it done it in a better I think it felt yeah. it didn't do quite anyway, with that later on. This felt like a long film. And you probably could have taken a good forty minutes off the film. The easily. easily and be okay. It was a, it's it's very twisty turny, but I don't know about you, but I kinda I kinda knew where it was gonna go maybe about an hour into it. There was never any big surprise. Yeah. It was never trying to be too clever for its own game, which, you know, fine yeah. And maybe because we see too many films and we see too much of my stuff, we can see the tropes and we can see yeah. where things are gonna go. But I feel like I knew this film was gonna end before it happened at least an hour into it I was going like I know this is going to end yeah. and therefore and therefore any twists and turns that happened felt 
like I'm like okay, like, yeah, why are you doing this? Like we know that's we know this, and the, okay, there might be nothing signpost in the film that said this is going to be. There it was it's, just, it's my own perception of the film that made me think that. Yeah. But I felt it was all. I felt it was obvious. I think you're right. Yeah. And I also like when they reveal who the mole in the cut of the film is, like I, I had no shock value. Yeah. I was like I thought it was obvious from the start. That's what it is. The, the other thing that really annoyed me as well is um, the trailer seemed to say like, ah, it's no, is it an action movie? Yeah, and it's not. It's not. <laughs> the scene at the end, the big kind of fight scene, which I thought was quite good, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, you know, the range of screens and she was covering her eyes, yeah. and I enjoyed that. But that's also, that's uh, the uh, only uh, one. Other than that, yeah, I mean, it, it just, me, it doesn't meander, it just... It would almost be better if it was a period piece as well. Which I thought it, it yeah. felt like it was until maybe about I think about fifty minutes until someone pulls an iPhone out and I'm like, oh shit, yeah, this is this is it's not saying the eighties. Ah, it felt like it was an eighties film. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think they're right, it could have went atomic bond possibly. Almost, yeah, yeah, that kind of way. Yeah. 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 Um but yeah, it's like I it's it's decent. It's, I thought it was decent, I thought it was okay. I, I felt it had been shorter, I felt like it, it could have been less signposty. Yeah. I was, I was either, <coughs> the one I, I compared it more to Child 44, which I think we talked about on the way out. Which was fucking dreadful. I thought it was terrific. I thought it was an absolutely horrible film. Yeah. This was better than that. But again, you had the same pacing <coughs> and bleakness, yeah. and you know, it's not as clever as it has to be. What me and Lorraine were talking about, like, well, is it? Why didn't we do accents? It's a fair point. We were talking, I, I was thinking this, this is as well. the friendship between these are Russians and these are Americans. Americans. Yeah. I don't know, but again, she's a good actress, but her accent was at times. It wasn't, like you say, it, it, it wasn't, you know, Julie Roberts and. Um, was she a young Frankenstein or something? No, yeah. no, uh, Michael Collins. Yeah. It. yeah, it's not that young and Michael Collins. It's not that bad. Oh, sorry, Mary Riley. Mary Riley, that's yeah, what I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was Mary Shelley. She was in. Do you remember the Mary Shelley film as well? She was in at one point. Is that, is that Mary O'Reilly? Mary Riley. She was Mary Riley, and yeah, she was in that one. Mary Shelley. Different film. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Irish accent. It's, yeah. it's not that level bad. It's not Dick Van Dyke Cockney bad. It's not, but it is. It's, it, it's not. It's not. When it's on point, it's good. Yeah. But when it falters, it's very obvious. I think what it is because she's a good actress. She expects. Mm. You know, if you're going to do a snatch saying you get it open, you know, don't fucking. Well, what she said was, I've listened to an interview with what they were doing. They weren't going for an overtly or Russian accent, a sort of like the proper like sort of um, caricature Russian accent because people, people see through that yeah. what she copied was a woman who had been living in America for like 10-15 years who has all the Russian accent but taking on some of the tropes of Americanism as well yeah. which doesn't really make sense for the actress to do it for the, for the, for the character yeah she's yeah. living in America yeah. but it made it more palpable actually maybe towards but it made it more palpable towards an audience maybe that accent was there yeah. you know it, it, it's sort of similar to maybe like Sam Neill does in um I was right October. Yeah. He's doing a Russian accent, but he's still doing it with English. Yeah. He's normal voice, so there's this sort of sense of it's not an accent, it's just sort of just, it's, it's a slight subtleness to make them realise they're different from you. And in your mind, it's almost, you could almost be talking Russian, but you just happen to be hearing it in, in that, English. Is that thing that's why they do it? It's just so you know this is Russian. This is Basically, yeah, you didn't, you, didn't, you didn't want her interacting with, say, Joe Egerton or something like that, thinking they're both on the same side. Yeah. You have to realise that they're both on, they're on different sides, and that was it. Um, that wasn't the bit. I mean, 
I can I've seen films with worse accents and it doesn't really take me out of the film that much. But it, it did a couple of things go, oh, you did two films I'll try and cringe a little bit. But it's not awful. It's it's, it's average rather than awful. Um out of ten, are you gonna give it? Four. Four? I'm being jet four because of the end fight scene. Right, okay. If it wasn't for that, probably two or three. Oof, that's yeah. weakness. Yeah, harsh. I wouldn't say I'd kind of suffer through it more than, more than watched it. Okay. You know, it, was, it was a fucking sort. Well, I'm, I'm stronger, I'm going to give it six and a half. I would watch it. I probably would watch it again, but if I was watching it at home, if I would watch it at home, I'd probably enjoy it a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a DVD, well, a Blu-ray watch at home. I think we'll probably get a bit, maybe kind of seven, seven and She may have been a bit higher than me, yeah. slightly higher than me. She's not much higher, but she, yeah. 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 Um, because, like, Matthias Schoenhardt was excellent. I enjoyed him immensely, and he's a good actor. Always good. Oh, always always good. Yeah. Annoyingly attractive and annoyingly, yeah. But it's one of these people that it, it could play Nazi, Russian. Yeah. Heartthrob? That's why he's Belgian, that's why. Is it? Yeah, he's Belgian. Wow. Yeah. He's just, he's like fucking Daniel, what's his name? Daniel Lewis? No, Daniel Brill. Brill, yeah, Daniel Brill, yeah. You know, he's like, he can play this, this typical German. He can play European, that's what he can play. He can do comedy as well, though. I think he went to America and made him, if you give him an Italian accent, American, go, he's Italian, you go, yes, he is. Yeah. It's like, you know, they they don't see Europe as any other than just one big massive country, we all keep the same. Yeah, it didn't work for me. Um, but that could be, like you said, you enjoy game night because you're in the mood to watch something like that. Yeah. This, you, you were definitely not in the mood to see it at all. Yeah. You didn't want to see it, you were really not in the mood nah, for it at all. My mind wasn't ever kind of thinking, you know, going to go down. It would take a lot for you to enjoy this film. Yeah. So, yes, I, I would say six and a half is more. But last film of the week, the one we saw Tuesday night again, uh, late night, late night yeah, Tuesday. So this was on the back of the Sparrow. On the back of it, we saw a film called Mary Magdalene. What's that about? Um, well, first of all, directed by a guy called Gareth Davis. You know who he is? No, what's he done? He directed a um, film last year, I think it was out, called Lion. Oh, is that the one where the guy goes to find his brother? Yeah, no, he, sell, he found, find, find his house, find, find himself. Find, basically, he gets lined a film about a young Indian boy yeah. who gets lost in a railway. Yes, and he, he gets adopted by a, like, an Australian family from yeah. an orphanage. And then when he's like 30, he decides what to find and use a Google Earth to find where he came from, try and find his mum again. Uh, people loved it. That's got Oscar nominated. I didn't like it that much. It was Oscar nominated. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Oscar nominated. I think he was yeah. Oscar nominated for it. The yeah. guy, uh, the main guy, um, Patel was Oscar nominated for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. People liked it. People loved it. Um, I didn't like it that much. I thought the first act was good. The second act was okay. And I thought that was fucking boring as shit. Yeah. But anyway, people like it for no reason. Anyway, so that was his last time we done. In this film, he's uh, gathered reuniting with uh, Rooney Mara. Um, and the film is about Mary Magdalene who. As a man who went to Catholic school and, had, and endured many RE lessons, Mary Magdalene was um, a consort of Christ um, in basically church for the last 1900 years. 1500 years, they propagated the myth or the idea that she was a prostitute. She apparently wasn't. She, she was, no, she this wa- was never in the kind of 5th century. 5th century yeah. by some pope. By pope, yeah, basically. Yeah. She was a pope. They did the, the idea of, like, of um, Christ having um, sort of. Um, 
earthly desires in some way towards Magdalene and also that she was she was somehow an equal with the other apostles was seen as abhorrent you know to the to that church so for the last 1500 years she's been seen as a prostitute this film tries to set the record kind of at least some way straight yeah. and by trying to tell her story of who she was a consort of Jesus Christ the same way that um, Peter, John, Luke and all the ones you know she was a disciple she, she's an apostle yeah. um, and she was just happened to be there at the time um, but more than that she was someone who in many ways she was favoured by Christ because Christ she's, she's the first person that Christ appears to after his resurrection yep. and because of that she was seen as, as higher and the idea that the, the person didn't like that, that you know, again they come to the point that the person like the idea that, that, made it, that tried to appear to a woman first how misogynistic is Catholicism I mean let's just get rid of it I just want to touch yeah. him like, said, like, as you know as you know Carl I, I, I reject no, so. you know, most of my Catholicism quite, yeah. quite, quite openly <laughs> um, but you're still, raised, you're still raised in this so you're, yeah, so I, I, oh my god yes yeah. oh unbelievable so yeah, absolutely. You know, you go back to the line from Dogma, like you know, women are given a harder, a harder deal in that film than the Jews and Romans combined. You know, you get the head of John the Baptist is asked for by a woman. And Samson cuts his, um, Samson, as a woman who cuts Samson's cloth of power. You know, you made a Magdalene. You know, so it's like women are given a bad deal in this film. You know, in this, in this religion. So certainly not. Um, Certainly not the uh, uh, finest moments. Oh, um, controversy for yes. fucking few years. No, yeah, yeah. I, will, I, will, I, will, I can I can talk this if I need to. Um, so Rooney Mara plays um, Mary Magdalene. Mary you've yeah. got Wacom Phoenix playing Christ figure. Uh, you've got Shutwell Ejiofor playing Peter. Peter. Yep. Yeah. And you've got Tahir Ramin, who I thought was probably the standard of the film. He's playing Judas. Yeah. Um, as a non-religious fan, but also but he's a fan of Wacom Phoenix, you are more than anything else. Yeah, what do you think of it? I'm, I'm, I'm really am. I mean, I'm such a fucking staunch atheist. <laughs> I do love biblical movies. I don't. I've got a real hard spot for sandals and Bible shit. And I think it just comes to being kind of old. And you've been a kid, and at Christmas it was always Ben. Ben Hart, yeah. You know, Sam's Ten Commandments and the, the, Yeah, stuff like that And I've just got such a hard on for you So I've been really, really, really Excited to see this movie You know, to, to kind of Not quite fever pitch But all the days you want to come see this She's like, no, you're no, not kidding yeah. Well, her issue tell. was It wasn't so much with the religious angle She was annoyed about the fact That it was, you said She thought it was whitewashing To an extent, didn't she? That is right She was just like uh, I don't want to see this, yeah. Morning, yeah I think we're reasoning Not to go see this film Yeah, yeah. go and fucking see it yourself Yeah, yeah. So something you had to see it um, And I don't me, wow. you're in a very odd crowd. Yeah. It wasn't. It was a weird crowd we saw. We were the coolest cats. Yeah. We most definitely were the coolest people in that crowd. Yeah, we absolutely <laughs> were. For us. Yeah, yeah. It's very unusual for us. Yeah, we definitely, we were definitely the, the heartthrobs of that crowd. <laughs> I think so. I really, really liked it um, a, a, a lot. Um, it's slow. I, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it moves at its own pace, you know, there's a lot of fucking rush, you know. There is a lot of just lingering shots on, on her face. And she's, her face does mean she has got quite a captivating face. Yeah, and she, eyes and, you know, she does a lot without um, doing anything. Not a lot of dialogue in it for her. Yeah, totally. Because it is essentially told from her point of my god, I'm going to walk by the window who looks. Insanely like Rooney Mara. Um, um, but she does a lot, very little dialogue, and also, which is odd because it's from her point of view. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. for the most part. Yeah. There is a, there is a point where it does sort of it meanders a little bit with the, the Judas story, which I thought was a bit of a. But again, 
I'm not, yeah, but I'll get rude. There's no spoiler, you know what happens in it, yeah. There's never any mention of, you know, fair pieces, silver, 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 but it does have a text on the screen that makes it sound all like it makes it what it says. Um, I'm paraphrasing it best, but it says like the Roman Empire has taken over the this land. Yeah. There is descent in the air, yeah. and people are looking for a leader. And yeah. the, the, they mention John the Baptist in the film, who obviously was sort of the first person, not the first person, but the first kind of like major guy who stood up, who stood up the Roman Empire, and this idea that he would be the the leader yeah. and, and the idea that Christ in this film is a follower of his first of all yeah. and then they bring in that Christ is not so much of they, they get to the point where they start calling Messiah because they, they see something the miracle he does and that becomes the Messiah element of it but the idea of the Christ figure in this film in most of the film is that, that he is not quite a rebel leader but he's, he's sort of like a galvanising figure that sort of unites yeah. people and, and brings them against and, and sort of unites them to, to actually stand up to stuff it's an inspiration yeah, yeah. They're bringing, the film does really I think bring in a, sort of, a certain humanity to, to the divinity of Christ yeah. it doesn't just treat him as the Christ figure that everyone sort of knows he's, he's not sitting in a halo at any point yeah. he looks quite dishevelled and quite oh, yeah. you can see him you know, thinking about it oh. I like the way Phoenix was quite it was just first of all the performance was respectful because it's easy to go into you know and play Christ and do Jesus Christ Superstar and fuck it all up yeah Mara and, and Phoenix were both really respectful and um, his delivery at first you were like well, you know, where's he going? But yeah. When you set into it, you look. Yeah. yeah. Fucking dudes are stoner, I get it. You know, yeah. It's just, it kind of, yeah, you just feel like that, yeah, all but yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. But yeah, they were both really respectful, and at no point, you know, did they. You know, take these cats and make them unbelievable. Uh-huh. You know, all worldly. They were always kind of grim. Yeah, there's, there's absolutely, there's absolutely throughout the film, there's a sense of these are these are real people. Yeah. Um, and because of that, when something that does, it, like obviously you see the Lazarus story at some yeah. point, but you do see that happen. It becomes even more sort of like holy shit, you know that kind of thing. Yeah, boom, there's another one. Like, you know, so he's, he's doing stuff. You know, which it's only through acts like that that you see the actual sort of the Christ figure come to come to fruition. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, he is literally just a guy wandering the desert with a bunch of guys following who think who think this. And even the Peter character played by the uh, Edge he again has seen this more as sort of a revolution. Yeah. He's, he's, he's seen it at the Christ, um, Christ as a guy that can rally behind. He almost doesn't seem quite as God's servant. Yeah. He's seen as something more. I think by the end of it, he, he has came round to that, but he sees him more of a guy. It takes a movie to do it. Uh huh. Yeah, sure. Um, I think, interestingly for me, because I'm, I'm a feminist, yeah. I was raised in you know, astonished films and stuff like that, and I think this movie's been posing the question now is, is you know, was Mary Magdalene the first feminist? I mean, I, I mean, I would say the first feminist, I'm sure there were people before her, because this is set in, you know, 33 C. Yeah, that was, was she maybe not before that? Possibly. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. I think that that seems, it seems to be given, which, which is it's always good to, to put that in the spotlight, you know, like yeah. feminism and the issue, but it does seem to
you know, they're saying that they shouldn't have to, you know, do certain things for the women, and that's like they, they, they have a right to be this way. And he's saying, like, no, you don't. You know, you, you have a different way of thinking. You'll think of this and think of that, and then it starts to, you know, ignite thought within this and within these people. Um, what I would say about it as well, it looked bleak as hell. Beautiful but bleak. It never felt like Jerusalem. This is, I mean, I don't, I guess again, this goes back to me being a kid watching Swords and Sandals shit back in, you know, yeah. the early 80s. Is, it's all in the desert, and you know, there's no fucking sand in this film. It's, no, rock. it's rock, it's, it's, it's not, it doesn't look, it does not look like a happy place at all. No, it's cold, there's just, at no point does the fucking sun come through no. the clouds, you know, and there's waves and there's wind and there's shit, and you're like, fuck me, you know, it's a place up. And I don't know how you listen to that, is that a view? I've never been to the Holy Lands, I don't know. But I mean, I can imagine it does look like they might have done a research on it, so I mean, it's, yeah. So, yeah. 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 Um, it was constrained a little bit by budget. I think, yeah, I think we both noticed when we went to the city of Jerusalem, there's... It's a map painting. It's a kind of yeah. I think also the fact that it took about 10 minutes to start because of all the production companies beforehand. It was one of those ones where you have about nine companies beforehand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell as the film obviously is. A lot of bits of people, a lot of people were in luck putting Elizabeth Pie in. There's not, yeah. Um, and because of that, it felt, it felt... It reminded me, it's not all the way through, because I think it's better than this, but... When we were in, I was in, in school, or I got a Catholic school, in our class you had to watch these sort of like made for TV, made by the church educational films, and there's a few moments that felt a little bit like that. Not all the way through, because like, there's moments obviously it's, it's different, you've know, you, you got a much higher caliber of actor working in these films, but there was a moment where felt like, oh, this feels very, this felt annoyingly familiar, like I've seen this shit before. Thing for me is, and again, I never mean to offend anybody because when it comes to all this shit, you know, I'm just fucking putting your balls so I didn't get a bit. I, I mean, I, I, I don't, you know, I'm not religious at all, but I think the Bible has got these fucking beautiful stories. It has been, like, this, like, and they, they translate to screen so fucking well. The reason why these stories have lasted for the last 2,000 yeah, years. It, that's a fucking good story, you know, like, like, you know, they had a couple of years ago with the Noah film out, which I really, I genuinely really enjoyed. But I've really enjoyed it because it got to the real proper Old Testament telling of that, so it's not trying to do the whole cutesy, lovable animals two by two. It went to the dark, nasty Noah. This, and he's going to fuck his daughter, and he's going to kill his son, and all that kind of shit, you know, it's all that kind of stuff it gets to. I just, I've always loved this kind of shit, and, you know, I've been... So excited to see this thing. I've kind of messed up the day between the last few weeks, coming out, and it just didn't disappoint. No, I, I was just so swept in with it. And you know, at the end of it, I'm like, you know, I, I, I don't believe in God, but at the end of it, I'm like, so many fucking righteous Jesus. What if you look at Christ, if you look at Christ, which I think. He, he probably did exist, but I'm looking at more as a, a sort of Nelson Mandela type figure, you know, sort of. That's cool, good man. A, or, a, or a Martin Luther King, yeah, yeah, a galvanising figure who obviously sparked some sort of um, something inside people. But was he, was he the son of God? I, I'm, I'm not going to go with that because obviously. We're all children of God. Yeah, yes. We're all children um, of God. <laughs> <laughs> indeed. Um, I, I want to say I'm going to give it seven and a half out of ten. I, I would give it a good seven and a half out of ten as well. Yeah. I, I would compare. I think it's an important film. Um, it, it does raise issues of you know feminism and yeah. say, you know no that this isn't yeah. who this character was. Here's who she is. Let's give her the problems she fucking deserves. Yeah. You know and. 
can be respectful. And also, it's nice that like it's taken you know fifteen hundred years to stop. I mean, at least somebody trying to put some hills to rights. And again, punish well. It's Turkey's Turkey. And there's a few blobs at the end which I didn't realise. Is one of the blobs was it was saying it was in five hundred AD that some pope decided she was a fucking hooker. Yeah, she was. Yep. And then I was in two thousand and sixteen. Yeah. The church decided that you know no, she was an apostle. She was a po- no longer apostle. She was the apostle's apostle. Yeah, you know, she was the, like the highest apostle. She was one who was who sort of Christ would yeah, come to and most. It took these fucking you know two thousand fucking sixteen years to do yeah. it. But you know, well fuck, welcome to fucking modern yeah. days, fucking <laughs> pope, whatever your name is now. Um, the other thing I was I kind of again it treated me in a kind of Wikipedia Mary Magdalene and stuff like that, and a kind of lot of. Theories seem to suggest that you know that, that she was a favourite of Christ, so he would quite often be quite intimate touching her. There's an idea that she was like, there's a, there's sort of, there's a, I wouldn't say a theory, but there's an idea that she was his, that she was his wife. Yeah, uh, that as well. So the, the idea of the last Zion and the last sort of the last the, the children of Christ is because she bore a child, yeah. To, to, yeah. and there's this. Um, there is always that sort of um, story prevailed in the church um, for a long, long time, and again, that's part of the reason why the church is, is sought to hide, to hide, sorry, the Magdalene figure because the idea that if Christ is a kind of a child, that means the bloodline can exist right now, which means some fucking human. He's a human, yeah, and and again, the idea. The, the, the divinity of Christ would be we could question at that point now that yeah. Christ wasn't a man he was he was a god he was God's son which is takes me on to the next point we're going to make okay. um, it's still it's still my favourite kind of Jesus film movie is um, Last Temptation but still I would agree Last Temptation of Christ is still a well, fantastic film I think it's possibly my, my favourite film of all time Last Temptation of Christ yeah, yeah. yeah is that the phenomenal film fucking hell you know it just challenges everything you ever thought yeah. in the case and it goes I am genuinely a, it's maybe not cool to say I'm genuinely a, a big fan of the passion of the Christ love the passion as well and I'm looking forward to the next one if they do one yeah no they're doing it they're doing it yeah Gibson and Kevin's on so that's good that's good um, because the passion is a phenomenal film I think it's it, for hard, hard watching hard watch again important, important watch a visually stunning film to look at as well yeah. you see the, the, and Christ also and then uh, you look at we talk about um, Garland sticking to his guns with um, you know, doing Annihilation Gibson stuck these guns in that film as well because he's got stuff in that film that maybe he should have pulled maybe in a more he done it. he kept it going no this is a story he's quite different wasn't he? He, he, well he's Dutch Catholic which is different from Roman Catholic is that what he don't want to put them? no Dutch Catholic essentially Dutch, Cat, Dutch Catholic essentially they're even more sort of stringent than the, the Roman Catholic they like they say they don't recognise like the Rome as a Roman the Pope they believe in, it, 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 they say it's too soft for them. They want a more. We want talk from Adam. Yeah, they want even more stringent belief for the of um, like the Bible and sort of. Forms. No, that is because the Dutch won't read the old. I don't think it, I don't think it comes from that. I guess it comes from um, Dutch Pennsylvania. I guess it comes from that. Oh, which I, well, actually German. Do you know this? Okay. Dutch, the Pennsylvanian Dutch, are actually German. But it came from the, a, a, a really an odd saying of the word of Germany became it means Deutschland of the Deutschland. I remember Richard the Dead. Yeah. This man knows his. So basically, basically, basically it was in Pennsylvania. That's where the idea of the they became Pennsylvania Dutch. People ever assumed Pennsylvania Dutch means people from Holland. But it's not. They're from Germany. Germany. Yeah. So I think I think I, I'm not 100% sure, but I think Dutch Catholic is a bit like German Catholic. It's sort of like it's a more stringent um, sort of following of yeah, the, the faith. Any staunch Catholic, I feel free to give us your. <laughs> yeah. that is, this, is, this is what 13 years of, of Catholic schooling will do for you, you know? I missed that it's, 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 why, it's why I rebel by sporting Rangers and listen to punk music. Um, um, no, I, I really... 
I, I really enjoyed it. Um, there, there's also Peter, the Apostle. Yes. Just coming out two at a time. I hope it gets a cinema. Do you know who's done this? Um, what's his face in it? Jim Sergio. He, he plays Simon. Alright, nice. I can't remember who plays Peter. Okay. Um, but it's basically based on Peter's been left to languish in prison. He's in this small cell, gets beaten, tortured. This something. is after and, the conviction. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's how he comes to embrace Christ and decides to spread the good luck. Did you ever see a film out, I think it's like two years ago, maybe 18 months ago, it was called Risen? It was basically it's like it, yeah, it's like CSI it's, Jerusalem. Yeah. It's like, it's like ah yeah, it's really it's in, it takes the idea of like the, of the Christ rises from the dead, yeah. and they've got basically they have a Roman soldier tasked with like like basically talk tasked with boss. Yeah, like we cannot have this fucker <laughs> come back from life. You've got to find a a body and b you know the person who took the body. We can't have the idea of coming around this guy rose from the dead. And it takes on what really kind of like sort of quite down to earth viewing of this this idea. There's a, there's a grave robbing as opposed to scientific. Yeah, yeah, really interesting. Really interesting. I, if I saw it, um, I saw Netflix. Who's in it? I'm honest. I'm going to. Really, I really want to see this. Again, I love this kind of shit. And uh, not for audiences. I just think it's good storytelling. And you know, I think the Bible's so well laid out. Like you can't take that story and fuck up too much. Yeah. There's been, there's been a few, but you can't really fuck up that much. So the stories are there to be told, and it always makes it interesting watching them. Risen is um, is Joseph Fiennes is the main guy in it. Who's yeah. solid actor. Yeah. So if you think, and that's a it's a really good home watch. You know, if you think, if you know, one way, I try to get, I think much of it's only over here, but these kind of films actually make massive money in America. They seem to play like the, the sort of um, Middle America, the sort of Bible Belt areas, they make a lot of money. And I'm I'm going to assume that, maybe the, the, the thing at the end of this tells you this, but the churches had sort of really no uproar about this film. And obviously, they, they, obviously, 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 they're now taking the idea that Michael was a prostitute, she was. Well, they've embraced it, you know, because they're saying she wasn't. Um, and they're saying, you know, she's now. Uh-huh. So I guess this is, this is their telling of the story. So if you're if you're a, a follower of the Catholic Church or follow the Christian Church, and um, and the Pope tells you this shit is good, you go like yeah, of course. So this this could sell well in, in the sort of the Bible Belt of America. Um, so yes. Did 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 you ever at any point get sexual problems from it? Off of Mary Magdalene? From no, from the interaction between her. No, and her. I really didn't. Once or twice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, no, I didn't. I didn't get it. No, yeah. I didn't get it. Yeah. But I think, I think, and I think the reason why you didn't get that is because you could have played it that way if you wanted yeah. to. Yeah. They chose not to. They chose to play in a different way. I thought at times I've heard it for that stylish. That was my only big. She did look a bit too pretty. Not even pretty. It was just sometimes I heard was that you've had that done in a fucking salon. Yeah. There ain't no fucking salons. Yeah. Well, then listen, you were really mad. And she was saying like, obviously, why can't he doesn't do press for these films? He doesn't do press. He's not one of the guys does. Yeah. And he said, oh, it's, it's interesting, did he stay in character when he's off screen? <laughs> and she went, no, of course not, you can't play, you can't play Jesus and then be on your iPhone. You know, it doesn't yeah. work, you know, oh. he's like, yeah, he, he's a normal, he's not, not down there, he's a normal. Yeah, he's going to, yeah. <laughs> um, that's always I always imagine Black Beat doing one of those sort of in character, who stays in character all the way oh, through. Okay. Yeah, but apparently he's not. Imagine walking through a hospital about Rise and Right, yeah, yeah. Amazingly, that's apart from obviously Ready Player One, which I'm we're going to talk about more in a couple of weeks' time. Um, I think, yeah, maybe my film I enjoyed the most this week. I'd, I'd really enjoyed it. I, I <laughs> you know, it was respectful, thoughtful, well told, well shot, and, uh, and retelling a story that you kind of know but don't know. Yeah, I thought totally, it was, yeah. so, you know, yeah. Yeah, good 
tried it a lot. Yes, Listen, I'm surprised you went with me to see it, and I'm glad you did. I'm surprised you went with me to see it. I've been buzzing to see this film, and people are possible, right? So I'm going to drag you that. Well, I'm all for it. I get yourself ready for it. Yeah. Like I said, Catholic schooling is instilling me, I have to go and see these films. Right, and after this, yeah. totally nonsense. So that's all the films this week, but um, out next week, or well, still out, is Peter Rabbit. Are you going to take kids to see it at all? I don't know. No. no. I think it's middle class pompous. Yeah. And Rolling Lights made a lot more money in America than Paddington did. Um, and by all accounts, I think Paddington did. They know Peter Rabbit is. Well, no offence, America. Go see fucking Paddington. Yeah. Right. Um, and also, on, on Paddington, actually, I went to, hate, I went to um, Morrison's to buy a copy of Paddington 2 on Blu ray. And it was sold out. Sold out. <laughs> Which made me so happy. Fucking yeah. Fantastic. I was like, people, like, I'm like, I was. Both annoyed I couldn't get it, but also delightedly happy that it was sold out. That made me really pleased. It deserves to sell out. Um, out now, we might go and see it this week, we forgot to go and see it. It's Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider, we're going to catch it. We'll At some point this week, yeah, probably next week, which I've heard interesting things, not awful things, but interesting things. One of the lower expectations, so you'll I think I might enjoy it. And amazingly, it's still out. We're going to see it again. We're going to see it. The greatest showman is still in cinema. Five, five shows. This has been like. <laughs> I look back on this. We were discussing this back on the 19th of December. Right, and, it's and we're now at like the 23rd, nearly like 22nd of March now. Shit, but no, not only has it got five shows, it's got fucking single long shows. Ah, and well. 3D, and 2D, and 3D. It's fucking everything. This film is Did never going to die. I believe we have tickets booked again for the sixth time uh, for Monday so the plan is to go and see it on Monday you must see this film just to see what the fuck's happening you know why is the world going to upside down this film yeah, yeah. Um, so we're going to see that um, out new we've got Unseen yep. which I heard uh, uh, advantage of your last thing I missed I've heard bad reviews I'm a big fan of Steven Soderbergh I really like Claire Foy as well so I'm actually really looking forward to it because I've seen Soderbergh's name and I've seen the movie I was like oh fuck yeah. we'll see I mean, again everyone's got an opinion we're all I think it's the kind of film that could voice of, you know? I think most Soderbergh films will go divide opinion yeah. people can find them quite pompous or even sort of kind of in a weird way not entertaining and being yeah. a dull but I think if you embrace it you can really enjoy it enjoy like it. we enjoy um, what one he done recently? The one with the the heist. It was um, Shannon Tatum and Adam Driver. Oh, Lucky, uh, Lucky Logan. Lucky Logan. Yeah. I both really enjoyed that yeah, film. That was great. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And I'm going to go in with you know eyes wide open. Man. Yeah, yeah I've got high hopes for this one. We've got Pacific Rim Uprising as well. Pacific Rim Uprising. Which I'm not going to have high hopes. Uh, uh, I, might, I might not go in at all. Who knows? Well, I, mean, I thought you were going to come and see it with me on Tuesday. Uh, we're going to go see that on Tuesday. Uh, we've also got A Wrinkle in Time. Again, which on paper sounds amazing, the books might be playing reviews. So, again, Ellie's work on it is not strong. Yeah. But again, I always go in with, I always go in with like, sort of Christmas Eve idea that everything could be great. I've got opinions against yeah. uh, And also, which annoyingly is only getting one showing as we get to that cinema we go to, Proud Mary. Yeah, it's like 9 pm as well. Yeah, it's under. It should be time, and also it's a film. I know it's bombed a bit, but you know, that's. Yeah, fucking harsh. Because they've been wanting to share this film in the cinema. Every time I've seen a film in the last like, month, it's been trailers for that film. There's been loads of it, yeah. And so it's a bit kind of weird that we've made that decision, but maybe we'll do it on the, you know. Give it one. See how it goes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, And also out next week, which we won't get a chance to talk about because out on Thursday when we do when we do recording, is Ready Player One. Which which you have to go and see, obviously. Two weeks time, this will be discussed. Yeah, at at length. It could be an only Ready Player One discussion. (laughs) 
We've done a spiel with it today, so we're kind of into a spiel with it. We've all used to Scotch Ready Player One for a good hour. Yeah, we, we can do that. Yeah. Um, so you'll so tell people where you find us, Colin? Of course, I will tell you where you find us. Um, um, as usual, you can find us at uh, Three Beers in a Movie, so number three beers um, and the movie at gmail.com, on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. Give us your feedback, your thoughts, let us know what you think, like, love, hate, agree, disagree, as much as right, and Rob. Who knows? Tell us. So very nice to hear what you have been calling me, Kai. You've been, you've been listening to. Three beers in a movie.